0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. I'm going to speak today on a subject that uh, I feel very good about. I'm going to talk about finding Jesus today. And while you're standing, I want to start this with a story about a retired man in California that made quite a splash a few years ago. He decided to tie a helium-filled balloon to his lawn chair. He wanted to take a ride. He wanted to levitate a little. And after he tied a few balloons to his chair, he started to lift off from the ground. So he called his neighbors and said, hold this chair. And he tied about 60, 50 or 60 more to him. And while the neighbors were still holding the chair, the man got on the chair, strapped himself in. Finally, he said, let it go. He expected to float up about 10 feet. He had a sharp pointed stick to pop the balloon so that he would come down gently but his friends let go of the chair and he began to soar to the air 30 feet, 40 feet, 50 feet real quick he was going up right above the house tree lines and out of sight a few minutes later at LAX airport the air traffic controller received this report this is Captain Jones flight 411 I'd like to report that I just passed a man in a lawn chair at 3,000 feet that's funny that's funny I'm happy to report that the man eventually came down and nobody was hurt. But the reporters asked him, why would you do such a thing? And he gave a great answer. And this is going to be the cusp of what I'm going to talk about. He said, sometimes you have to do something. You just got to do something. Today is the day to do something. Reading from the book of John, chapter 6. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there. This is after he fed the 5,000. They got into the boats and went to Capernaum. Everybody say, in search of Jesus. Jesus. I think there's three kinds of people that look for Jesus. People that are on the verge of losing hope need Jesus. People who have no purpose for living need Jesus. And people who have great emptiness in their lives need Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, we all need him. You may be seated. God bless you. John chapter 1, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We found the one Moses and the prophets wrote about in the law, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can any good thing come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. I'd like to start this today with saying simply this that Philip was one of the greatest men, the greatest soul winners. That Jesus ever had in his arsenal in his ministry he found people he's the one that found the lad that had five loaves and two fish he's the one that found his brother he found his brother Simon Peter and brought him to the Lord he also found Nathanael under the fig tree the man was just a finder of people it was also the Greeks that came to him when Jesus was riding through Jerusalem on a donkey and said sir We're looking for Jesus. Help us find him. It seemed like Philip was the number one PR guy for Jesus in his day. The Bible said if you ask, you'll receive. It says if you seek, you'll find. It said if you knock, the door will be opened. Isaiah said, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. There is never a greater time to call on the Lord than in the house of God because he made this church. Is his church. Years ago at a labor convention in London, someone mentioned the church. And the audience hissed and booed from the lowest floor to the highest balcony. And when the confusion passed, someone spoke of Jesus of Nazareth. And the place began to applaud louder than they had previously booed. The point being, many people who don't care for the church would not step their foot in a church door. I go to a Bible study every other week with men who will not step in a church door, but the, the fact that I've gone down there, one left the atheism and now he's a little agnostic and maybe a little believer. And the other told me the other day, he said, if I ever go to church, I'm going to come to your church. The world would love to see Jesus. They don't care for the church, but they want to see Jesus. That's the frustration of the Pharisees at the Passover. Multitudes of worshipers had flocked to Jerusalem for the feast. Yet when they arrived they didn't ask, where's the temple? They asked, where's Jesus? The religious entrenched people of that day said in John 12, the world is gone after this man. (laughs) It's the same today. The multitude is looking for Jesus. They don't look for an architect. They don't look for the house of God. They looked for the God of the house. Sir, the Gentiles cried, we would see Jesus. The multitudes will find him because they seek him. The Gentiles asked Philip, we want to see Jesus. Can you take us to Jesus? They asked the right man, the one who could say, yeah, I found him. We found him we found the one that answers all of our petitions and helps us in all of our situations. Could we step away today from the confusion of so many denominations today? Can we step away from that? Could we ignore the creeds and the forms and the rituals and the rules and the regulations for just a little moment here? Could we sweep away the icons and the idols and the images? Because I care not today where you say you belong to. I want to know who You belong to. Amen? Do you belong to Jesus Christ? Can somebody say amen to that? Let's journey back across the hilltops of a time and see a man. Let's answer the heart's cry of this world. Let us see Jesus. Why do you think, folks, that CLA continues to grow? Is it because of the beauty of this church or the perfect setting of this location it might explain a minute portion about this much of this growth but I would contend that it is because Jesus is exalted here he said if I be lifted up come on somebody I will draw all men to me anybody want to lift him up today anybody want to edify him today come on now Anybody want to magnify the name of the Lord today? If we lift him, he will draw all men unto him. It's a wonderful word. Where Jesus is preached, he is found. What a privilege for all of us to join together and say, we have found him. Say it. We have found him. The most colossal figure in history. The giver of life and liberty and salvation. The one who cleanses all iniquity. He's not a theory. He's not a theology. He's a living reality. He saves and he makes us over. He delivers people from pride and prejudice. We have found him. He's the healer of all of our diseases. He's the one whose compassions fail not. He's a rescuer of the perishing. We have found him. We were floating down a giant river of human misery. The canyon walls got steeper. Sin's cost grew even higher. We heard the thundering roar of destruction ahead, but then a hand reached down. And Jesus saved us. So you say, Pastor, I'm patriotic. You mourn on Memorial Day. That's good. You put a flag in your yard on Veterans Day and Independence Day. That's good. I'm patriotic too. I'll wave Jesus. I'll wave his name like a banner. Because Jesus shed, you ready for this red blood to wash me whiter than snow and lead me beyond the blue. Somebody help me say, he's red, white, and blue. Somebody asked me one day, what are you gonna do about all this trouble in the world? What are you gonna do about all the things that's happening in our society is a couple of years ago. And I said, I'm not gonna do anything except preach Jesus. Can I tell you, folks, when you elevate Jesus Christ, everything else gets de-elevated. Everything else goes down. You lift him up, everything else gets small. You lift him up, everything else disappears. And we're here today to elevate Jesus one more time. Somebody say we have found him. I do not speak merely of the Jesus of history today. I speak of the right now Savior. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. He's the one who stops by funeral homes and says, little little maid, get up. He's the one who stops by tombs of a friend and says, Lazarus, come forth. He's the one who walks across our difficulties that we call the sea of the wind and the waves and says, it is I, be not afraid. We found him. He's the one who feeds 5,000 without breaking a sweat. The one who built his great church next door to the gates of hell and said they will not prevail against it. The one who sustains us. The one who blesses us. We found him. Our day star. Our daybreak. Our dawn. Our hope in a hopeless world. Our help for a helpless life. We have found him. He arises with healing in his wings. He's our present help. Our future hope. We have found him. Can't you hear the voice, the hope of the voice in Philip's Philip's vernacular when he says, Nathaniel, your days of looking are over. Our days of waiting are over. We have found him. Can I say something today? I'm going to preach three little simple points here today. I'm not not going to be long. I'll be through before the top of the hour, and that's a a promise. If I'm not, I'll be through after the 12 o'clock, after 11 o'clock hour, 12 o'clock hour. Man is on a quest for God. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you believe this is the end time? I went to a movie on Thursday night right across the street called The Harbinger, Harbinger by, by uh, Jonathan Kahn, and it moved me. We are, we are living in a time that people need to get serious about their relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. And for Philip to find him, he must have been looking. Only those who seek find. The psalmist compared his quest for God as a deer that thirsts for water in Psalms 42. Why are sports arenas so filled to the brim? Because people are looking for something. They look for something that satisfies. They're looking for a hero. They look to belong. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the movies to you in a different way today because I wasn't a part of at the movies. That was my choice. But I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna kind of give you a couple three interviews that I had in my office getting prepared for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some first person narrative from people I interviewed. Pastor, how do you interview? them? Well, I just I just wrote down what I thought they'd say. So I interviewed Nicodemus. And here's his first person narrative. Nicodemus. I looked, he said, oh, how I looked. Pastor Rex, I thought my answer could be found in religion. I said, yeah, a lot of people think that way. Keep talking, Nick. He said, I lived up to the meaning of my name, conqueror of the people. I fought for positions. I fought for offices in respect of others. He said, I arrived. I was one of the top 70 leaders in all of Israel. Yet when I arrived... There was nothing there, nothing. There was nothing at my arrival. It was then I heard of this teacher, this man who could confound the wisest. I said, I know, I know him. He said he had no office, no titles, no reputation, and he didn't seem to need those. I had to meet this man. Maybe he could tell me why I was so miserable. So I went to him after sunset with darkness as my coat, like a moth to a flame. He said, Pastor Rex, I found him. His words never a man spake like this man his eyes they were deep as the oceans and penetrating as torches his voice Nicodemus he said you must be born again his words his eyes his voice oh how they penetrated my soul and he said your bible tells you that it was me that spoke up for him at his trial before the Sanhedrin it was me who brought a hundred pounds of spices to his grave And when he arose on the third day, his resurrected body carried the fragrance of my sacrifice. He said, your history books will tell that I obeyed the word of Jesus and I obeyed the word to be born again of both water and spirit. What I couldn't find in religion, I found in Jesus. He said, Nicodemus is my name and I'm one of the many who can say, I have found him. Man is on a quest for God. And the second point I'm going to teach today is man's quest sometimes leads to much hurt. What is this growing dependency, folks, on drugs and alcohol? It's man's quest for God. What is the reaching for the brass ring about? It's man's quest for God. What is the looking to and fro for pleasure? It's man's quest for God. There was a prodigal son from a, a pastor in Louisiana that took himself to Houston and got misdirected. Even though he was a preacher's son, he thought this Jesus stuff was dumb and he found a friendly face and a place to live. He discovered his host to be a mass murderer and he was used by that host to kill other young men. But one day he had to die and when he died, he understood that he needed to find Jesus again and he started praying, started praying as earnestly as he ever prayed in his life. And the old psycho killer could not touch him. He couldn't touch him. Yes, he did die that day because he'd been beaten so bad. But when he had been beaten so bad, he started praying so strongly that the man said, I couldn't come close enough to him to hurt him anymore. And he died from the past wounds. Sometimes when I hear people praising, it reminds me that there's nothing better than our God. Nothing better than our God. I wish I I could just tell you. I wish I could tell you how great this Jesus is. I wish I could tell you how awesome he has been to me. I wish I could tell you that there's nobody like Jesus. I wish I could say it to you. But I hope one day you'll run right in may maybe a little hurt in your life so you'll reach up and reach out and say Jesus I need you and the moment you say that the moment you say that he says I'm here what do you need son I'm here come on talk to me he'll take you up he'll lift you up he'll save you he'll deliver you he'll set you free there's nobody nobody like Jesus I interviewed another little lady her name was Mary Magdalene She came by the office in my mind and she said, I shouldn't have left home, Pastor. I shouldn't have done it, but I did. Home was nice, but it was too stifling. Rules that seemed okay yesterday were too restrictive today. And one thing led to another and I found myself in a tiny village overlooking a large lake. It was called Magdala. And what a nice place to look at but it wasn't a place for a nice girl to be. I didn't need the money. I don't know why I did it. She said, maybe I liked the attention. Men's attention was flattering. Soon the oldest profession in the world was mine. And those who mocked me by day visited me by night. Oh, the self-righteous men that I met. My parents came to see their little girl one day and I hid from them. I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed. And after that, I found myself sinking, sinking really, really fast. I began to hear voices. They talked to me at night. It seemed like there were seven of them. They screamed at me. They controlled me sickness, fever, bondage. I was in the grip of something I could not break away from. And then one day it happened the religious police caught me. What happened to my partner, I can't say but they took me and my seven invisible screaming voices, and as they dragged me through the street, I heard them shouting, kill her, stone her, do away with her. I must have been delirious. By this time, I was kind of weeping, listening to her story again. I stared into their faces, she said, and I thought, how odd. I know most of these men. And they threw me down at the feet. They threw me down at the feet. They threw me down at the feet. Feet that I would follow for the next three years. You would have too. Feet that I would weep tears over when they were pierced. You would have too. Feet that I would tenderly clean in their lifelessness. And you would have too. The feet that would walk out of a grave and I would fall down and cling and call him Rabboni, which means master. You would have too. He was the one that day who protected me. He was the one who sent away my accusers. He was the one who said, go your way and sin no more. And she said, suddenly all the voices and all the spirits that had taken possession of me, they left and I was wonderfully made free. I didn't find what I was looking for in the village of Magdala, but it was on a hill called Golgotha. Millions have come to that cross. Millions have found him to be the answer for their lives. She said, today, I, Mary Magdalene, raise my voice with millions and say, I have found him. Here's what I want to tell you. It doesn't matter how big you get in business, Mr. Nicodemus. It don't matter how low you get in sin, Miss Mary. It doesn't matter. What matters is when you find Jesus. He'll make the difference in your life. Can somebody clap their hands and say, "I have found him! I have found him! I found him! I found him!" him." But what you don't know is that you're on a quest, and sometimes it hurts to be on that quest. But let me tell you the third point, and I'm done. The Lord is also on a quest today. He's questing. He's looking too. Jesus didn't wait for you to come to him. He came looking for you. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Before you were even born, he was here looking for you. He said on this particular day 20 years ago, there was somebody born that I'm still trying to intercept in their life. I'm looking for them. I want them to find me because I'm looking for them. Jesus is looking for you and he came looking knowing exactly the price that he would pay for his quest Galatians 4 said but when the set time had fully come God sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive the adoption to sonship we can be his kids because you're his sons God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts the spirit who calls out Abba father Abba father I have one more interview to give you. I like this guy. He's an old hippie. This old boy was a hippie. He sat under a fig tree and just played his guitar and sang. He might not have had a house. I like him. He said, Preacher, I sat beneath the tree and I waited. I felt like this was going to be a special day, though, but I didn't know why. It was so special. Because of my stubborn pride, he said, I almost missed it. I saw and heard Philip coming toward me. Here comes that seven character, Philip. He's a seven. He was obviously excited. He collapsed beneath the tree shouting, hey, buddy, we found him. We found him. My heart almost stopped beating. All my life I had looked for the Messiah and I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to have my hopes raised and then dashed because they'd been raised and dashed before. Can any good thing, I said, come out of Nazareth? I can't believe I was so foolish. But Philip insisted. He took me by the hand, he led me. He said, my friend, took me by the hand and led me right into the presence of Jesus. And when I looked into the eyes of that man, it was like a sunrise on Galilee there was such serenity, such sense of purpose, such understanding. I sympathize with the Samaritan woman pastor who was so flabbergasted that she dropped her water pot at the well and raced through the village shouting, come see a man that told me all things about myself. And then he said to me, when Jesus saw me approaching, he said to me, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit, there's no guile, there's no false bone." He saw that in me. He saw that in me. Hey, when Jesus calls you out, he'll never call you out to condemn you. He'll call you out to lift you. The best friend you can ever have in this life is not this preacher, but Jesus Christ. That's the best friend you could ever have in your life is Jesus Christ. Somebody help me. How did you know me? I asked him and Jesus answered me, I saw you while you were under the fig tree. Before Philip even called you, I saw you. I've been looking for you, son. Philip said, we have found him. But I wonder, I wonder, Pastor Rex, he said, I wonder. I don't think I found him. I think he found me. Amen. You know why? I didn't cry in the first service, but I'm just crying today for some reason. Somebody's got my heart out there. You're pulling on my heart. You know why I think God's let me look like a 40-year-old man at 70? I'm messing with you. You know better than that. I don't believe that. And there's nothing on this face except dial soap. That's all. No injection here, no injection here. No nose job to bring these things in here, you know. Just me. Been thinking about getting some hair. No, I'm teasing. (laughs) But you know why? God has allowed me to have strength and a mind and a passion still. Because I know I can't save you. I know I can't save you. But I can preach about one that can. And every Sunday, every Sunday, when I come out of my office, I still do it. I used to have an office right here. We gutted this old church and put this beautiful new place in here. It's so pretty. I thank, I thank everybody that helped us do this. But I used to tell the Lord, I'm resigning the church today. This is your church. He said, it's never been yours anyhow, son. But every Sunday, I still say, Lord, let me decrease and let you increase. I want you. I want you to have Jesus as your personal, personal Savior in your life. That's what I want. That's what I want more than anything. And one day when you, when you walk by, I don't, I don't want you to say he was a good man. I want you to say. He loved Jesus and he wanted all of us to have that Jesus. That's what it's about. This is not my church. This is his church. Come on, clap your hands. This is his. It's his. Woo. Glory. I had a moment recently. One of those times when time stands still just a moment when I realized one more time that the reason I've been able to take the blows that have come into my life are the loss of people that I love the most. And the reason I withstood some of the tough deaths during COVID buried some of the finest people that I've ever pastored in my life. And the reason I withstood negative hype from time to time about people and their words, and the reason I have had the strength to bury, to bury, and say goodbye, and even have to say goodbye to some that walked away, is one reason I have found him. I have found him. I found him. I found him. I found him. And that's my story. It's not just a church that I have found. It's not just some people that have found him, but. I have found him whom my soul loves. Or can I say, he found me and made me feel that I had found him. So here's what I want to tell you. Sometimes you just got to do something. And I think that we're in that time in biblical history when you need to do something about your life. If you're not a saved person, you need to do something about your life. And I would pray with you at two in the morning. I'll pray with you at five in the afternoon to lead you to Christ. But it's time for some of you to say, I'm ready. I'm ready, Pastor Rex. I'm ready to step step over the line. I'm ready to walk through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm ready to let him touch my life. I'm ready for his blood to fill me and cleanse me. Amen. Amen. Would you stand all over the building and clap your hands for the word today? Amen. Seek the Lord while he may be found. It's not 12 o'clock yet. Please don't leave just yet. Please. No, 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 no. Let the people that have to leave, leave, but not you. Everybody seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And we're going to do something here today. We're going to do something here today not to embarrass anybody. Nobody gets embarrassed in this church. We'll bear all that. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. And when I count to three, I want you to either throw up your hand and say, Pastor, that's what I need. Or, or just leave your hand down. But if you, if you have not settled it with Jesus, if you have not had a settling place with him and say, Lord, I want you in my life. If that hasn't happened in your life, I want you to raise your hand when I count to three and nobody's going to look but the preacher, nobody. Are you ready? One, two, three, raise your hand, raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand. Keep keep it up, nobody's looking. Keep it up, keep it up. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right, put them down, put them down. 25, 30 people in this building that need salvation to come to their house today. So would the rest of you, you wonderful people that have found him to be the God that I preached about today, would you all help us pray this prayer with those people and everybody join in with this prayer, okay? Y'all ready? Okay, lift up your hands and let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for loving me. Enough to die for me. And Jesus, I need you today. I need you to save me today. I need you to wash me today. I need you to forgive me today for all my deeds, all my words, and all my thoughts. Wash me in your blood and cleanse me of my past and my present failures and let me see a future that belongs with you. I love you and I receive you into my heart. I take you into my being. Let me live for you the rest of my life. I receive you in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Let's clap our hands. Come on, clap clap your hands. Clap your hands. Salvation has come to your house. Heaven's rejoicing right now over one soul that repents. What you need to do now is get in the freedom class, get in the freedom life group, go to freedom conference at the end of the year. Let the Holy Spirit start directing and using you in your life. Let God become the captain of your salvation. Let him become the leader, not you, but him. Come on, one more time, let's rejoice at what God has done here today. All right, hold your hand up. I'm gonna bless you now. Lord, bless these people. Bless them as they rise in the morning. Bless them when they lay down at night. Bless them in the city. Bless them in the country. Bless them when they're on the road and bless them when they're walking. And bless them when they're riding. And Lord, bless them every day of their life. Let them find the favor of God in their life. And let them walk in it. Favor comes from faithfulness. Let us be faithful to a call of Jesus Christ. For it's in Jesus' name, I bless this church to have a great day today. And everybody said amen. Everybody say, I love Jesus. All right. They're going to sing you out of here. God bless you. I love you.